What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be running through my week six running back rankings. So just going through my top 36 running backs, locking in on a few players who maybe I'm higher on or lower on this week, talk about their overall matchups. While you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But let's jump right into the rankings. And I'm gonna start it off here with Saquon Barkley here at number one. Pretty neutral matchup here against the Ravens. A lot of these top running backs do have, you know, some tougher matchups this week. But if we're being honest, like we're starting all of these guys. I have Saquon at one, CMC at two. Definitely a tough matchup against the Rams, but Christian McCaffrey is just so elite as a running back and a fantasy asset. He is a matchup-proof player, so I'm not fading him just because of a tough matchup against the Rams. Then I have Austin Eckler at number three. Continues to make it work despite a sub-60 snap percentage. We'll see if he can keep that going. I think it probably helps him out if Keenan Allen misses another week, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. At four, here's where I have Jonathan Taylor. Now, it's not a lock that JT is going to be playing in this game, but if the Colts do deem him healthy enough to play, he is a fantastic matchup against the Jaguars. This could be uh, really like the big breakout that Jonathan Taylor has kind of been looking for so far this season. At number five, I have Nick Chubb. The man has just been on a tear so far. He continues to put up touchdowns. This Browns offense has been able to support them. So I think he's a locked in mid-tier running back one. And then actually in that same matchup, I have Ramondre Stevenson here at number six. And it may seem a little wild to be seeing Ramondre Stevenson as a mid-tier running back one. You know, early on in the season, he was like a mid-tier running back three. Over the last few weeks, starting to approach top 24, top 20. Now all the way up to six is a pretty huge jump. I mean, ahead of guys like Fournette, Cook, Mixon, Kamara, Aaron Jones, these established, you know, top 10, top 12 fantasy running backs. But just hear me out here. Looking at the situation around him, we have Damian Harris out this week. It's also been, uh, you know, communicated that Ty Montgomery is not ready to return. So we could have some concern about Ty Montgomery taking receiving work. If he's not playing, the competition is just non-existent. And this isn't a situation where, you know, the starter goes down. We have some random backup filling in. Ramondre Stevenson is a very, very talented running back. I think he would be the clear-cut number one on a lot of teams. We just do know that the Patriots like to operate a committee, and they do have a few talented running backs, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. But now that we're kind of going to have the training wheels taken off of Ramondre Stevenson, I think he is a must-start this week. He's coming off of a 25-carry, 161-yard game last week. That was with Damian Harris getting injured early on. So Ramondre Stevenson just took on the entire workload in that offense. And then when we look at his matchup, he really does just have everything going for him this week. Going up against the Browns, the Browns have allowed the fifth most points to the running back position so far. So he's going to be the clear-cut workhorse. He has a fantastic matchup. He's a talented player. That is a guy that I want to be starting as you know a mid-tier running back one in my lineup. Now, going back to some of the more established guys, Leonard Fournette here at seven going up against the Steelers. Dalvin Cook against the Dolphins, Joe Mixon against the Saints, Kamara against the Bengals. These are all players we know why they're in the top 10. Then I have Aaron Jones going up against the Jets. Overall, this split between Jones and Dylan has been a little bit underwhelming so far. Maybe they correct that here against the Jets. We'll just have to wait and see. At 12, I have Brees Hall, and we finally see Brees Hall breaking into the uh, running back one territory. Now, obviously, some of that is due to players on bye weeks. Like I'd probably have Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs ahead of Brees Hall, but you know, those guys are on by. 
So Brees Hall has earned it. He continues to pull away as the workhorse of this backfield. The Jets also are just looking like a competent unit. They've won the last two games with Zach Wilson. He hasn't exactly supported the wide receivers, but I mean, Brees Hall has been balling out so far this season. I think he's a very strong start moving forward. Then at 13, I have Devin Singletary. And I feel like after Ramondre, he's probably gonna be one of the bigger surprises here because full transparency, I wasn't super in on Singletary a few weeks ago. I listed him as a sell high, but we do have to you know, readjust here. And I think this is going to be the perfect game script for Devin Singletary going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. So far this season, the Bills have had two closely contested games. It was the game against the Dolphins and then the game against the Raiders. I believe that was week three and week four. Not sure what team was in which spot. I think the Dolphins might've been first, could be wrong. But so in those two games, he saw a 72.5% snap share. And then in the second one, he saw an 87.1% snap share. Those other three weeks when you know they were in blowouts, just dominating the other team, he filled in somewhere between 49% snap share and 57. So in those games where they are going to be up early dominating, they do like to filter in um, James Cook. They like to filter in Zach Moss. However, in the games where it's contested, it is clear that they want Devin Singletary to be their guy. Looking at the matchup here, the Chiefs have given up the third most points per game to the running back position. And more specifically, the Chiefs have given up a lot in terms of the uh, receiving game for the running backs. So, you know, actually like the rushing yardage isn't all that crazy from this Chiefs defense, but I think that kind of plays into Devin Singletary's strengths here. The Chiefs are locked in as the number one defense in terms of targets allowed, receptions allowed, and receiving yards allowed to the running back position. So right now, amongst all running backs, Devin Singletary is currently number six in routes run, receptions, and receiving yards in those two competitive games that I keep referencing where he had those high snap shares. He had 16 total targets in those two contests. So just a lot of things kind of coming together here for Devin Singletary. And I do understand, you know, there's a possibility the Bills blow out this game against the Chiefs, but we just have to play the odds here. This is likely going to be a competitive game. So whether it's competitive or maybe the Bills are down early on, I think this is going to be a spot where Devin Singletary is a very viable play. Now at 14, I have Kenneth Walker, who really just takes a massive jump with the Rashad Penny injury. I think at this point, Kenneth Walker's value is much higher than you know Rashad Penny's value is ever going to be this season, You know, as long as uh, Kenneth Walker was behind Rashad Penny. I'm not going to say that I'm super confident that Kenneth Walker is going to step in in his first NFL start and have like this massive workload. I still think it could be somewhat of a gross committee where Kenneth Walker is getting the early down work. You know, They have DJ Dallas getting the receiving downs. But I think Kenneth Walker has a much better shot of getting that full you know, workhorse workload than we saw with Rashad Penny. And also, just being totally honest, like the running back twos this week, I feel like they're a little frail. I think it was last week I was talking about how the uh, running back position seemed pretty stacked through like back-end running back twos to high-end running back threes. A lot of those dudes are getting pushed up now to mid to high-end running back twos just due to the bye weeks and then some injuries, some other factors. So I think Kenneth Walker is going to slot in here at 14. If you wanted to put him a little bit lower, I wouldn't really push back too hard. Right after him, I have Jeff Wilson going up against the Falcons. Going to be getting a ton of work on the ground, have some touchdown upside. Does have some competition coming in with Tevin Coleman, but someone who I still trust as a running back two in my uh, fantasy football lineups. Same thing applies to Miles Sanders. He has a pretty tough matchup this week against the Cowboys, but you know he's still attached to a top offense. He is their running back one. 
a solid uh, running back to play this week. Now at 17, I have Melvin Gordon, and I actually considered um, placing him even higher than this. I just still think there's some uncertainty with his potential role in this offense. Like it does still kind of feel like the floor could just fall out from under him. But if he does have the same workload he had last week, this is going to be a fantastic matchup for Melvin Gordon. The Chargers have given up the most points for fantasy to the running back position. Just looking back at the last three weeks and the running backs that the Chargers went up against in week three, we saw James Robinson rush for 100 yards and a touchdown. Week four, we saw Damian Pierce rush for 131 yards and a touchdown, also caught six passes. Then in week five, this past week, Nick Chubb went for 134 rushing yards and then two rushing touchdowns. And then Kareem Hunt added 57 yards from scrimmage with a touchdown. Last week, Melvin Gordon had a 56% snap share, 47% route participation. He had 65% of the running back carries. So nothing crazy, but definitely a workload that can get it done at a mid-tier running back two level. He had 15 carries, three targets, turned that into 103 yards from scrimmage. 13.3 PPR points. If he's able to replicate that workload, 15 carries, three targets, I think we're going to feel very happy with his results going up against this uh, Chargers defense. At 18, I have Raheem Mostert, and he really has pulled away in this Dolphins backfield. There's really no uh, committee even going on anymore. Like Chase Edmonds is firmly behind Raheem Mostert on the depth chart, maybe even behind Miles Gaskin at this point. I think Mostert is a strong running back too and will probably only increase in value once Tua does return. Does not look like he's going to play. I believe he has already been ruled out, which is going to cap this offense, but I still think Mostert's going to see enough volume to be viable. At 19, I have David Montgomery going up against the Commanders. Montgomery doesn't really bring anything crazy to the table. He's not going to be super flashy, but I think he's someone who can come in, produce at a mid-tier running back to level. At 20, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, kind of broke his streak of uh, you know having that crazy touchdown luck. I still think he's going to be very involved in the red zone. Like we kind of saw this past week, he's not the safest option because he had been very touchdown dependent. And this is somewhat of a split with uh, Jarek McKinnon. Isaiah Pacheco wasn't as involved this past week, but he can get some opportunities also. So someone who's a mid to back end running back two here in week six. Now at 21, I have Eno Benjamin. And he was a tough guy to rank just because there was a lot of uncertainty with this Cardinals backfield. So right now, James Conner is dealing with a rib injury. And then Darrell Williams has already been ruled out of the week six game. So basically on uh, Sunday, we saw both Conner and Williams leave the game with injuries, which left Eno Benjamin, you know, as the number one option just by default. And so if Conner does miss, we already know Williams is out. I think Eno Benjamin can be a very strong running back to play. This is a fantastic matchup against the Seahawks. They've given up the sixth most points to the running back position. Just like I talked about with the Chargers, went back you know, through the last three weeks. Week three for the uh, Seahawks, Cordero Patterson rushed for 141 yards and a touchdown. Then in week four, Jamal Williams rushed for 108 yards and two touchdowns. And then in week five, Kamara put up 194 yards from scrimmage. And then it wasn't a running back, but you did have Taysom Hill rushing in three touchdowns. But even without that, Kamara almost eclipsing 200 yards from scrimmage. So the Seahawks defense has been very soft to the running back position. I think he's a strong running back too, if he is the starter this week. And then if James Conner is good to go, we think he's going to have a solid role. He's probably more of a mid-tier option as opposed to a back-end option, which is probably where Eno Benjamin would be sliding in right now. At 22, I have Kareem Hunt. 
just a consistent, you know, fringe top 24 running back option. 23, I have J.K. Dobbins. His usage in week five was not overly encouraging. He's still not like eclipsing that 50% snap share and also not really maximizing the valuable touches. He's not going to be involved as a pass catcher. And then the goal line work is still kind of up in the air. So I think he's a back end running back too, but I do think he's going to continue to improve throughout the season. And hopefully second half, that's really when he's cooking and living up, you know, to his ADP. Then here at 24 and 25, I have back-to-back Jaguars running backs. I do have James Robinson one spot ahead of Travis Etienne, both obviously going up against the Colts. And I had a really tough time ranking these players just because the last two weeks, it has been such a gross split. This also isn't a walk-in-the-park matchup here against the Colts. They both seem to have pretty low floors. Long-term, I'd probably prefer Travis Etienne at this point, especially if the Jaguars offense is going to continue to look poor. But I think right now they're both fringe options. You don't love either in your lineup, but you know you have a guy on buy. I think they are a potential like flex option if that's the spot you are in. At 26, I have Najee Harris. And coming into the season, I wasn't a big Najee guy, but I still would have been shocked if you know I was telling myself that six weeks in, Najee Harris was going to be a running back three in a week with you know four teams on by and some very relevant running backs, Derrick Henry. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce. I'm forgetting that last team. Maybe they have a viable running back, but Najee has just had a brutal start to the season, averaging 10.3 points per game. The appeal to Najee coming into the season and last year was that he's going to have this massive workload. That is not what's happened so far this year. The Steelers offense has been brutal, but we've also seen the emergence of Jalen Warren, who has come in and just continues to eat into Najee Harris's workload. If he doesn't have the workload, He's nothing more than like a fringe top 24 option, if we are being honest. Mike Tomlin has also come out and said that Warren will continue to get more opportunities. Not great news for Najee Harris there. Not only is it not great, it is very concerning moving forward. And then on top of that, Najee Harris will be going up against the best run defense in the NFL in terms of fantasy points allowed, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So just a horrible all-around situation here for Najee. And it's kind of crazy that in a week with buys, you may not even be trusting Najee in your lineup. If you are considering fading him, I don't think it's crazy to sit him, even though you probably spent a first or early second round draft pick on him. Now, after Najee, I have AJ Dillon here, whose snap share just absolutely tanked in week five uh, against the Giants. He's steadily seen his snap share decrease all the way from week one. So definitely a concerning trend. I obviously don't think he's going to be totally phased out of the offense because I still think he's one of the most talented weapons on their team, but it is a tough spot at this point. So he's probably going to build himself back up. But at this point, I can't see how I rank him any higher than like a uh, high-end running back three play. At 28 and 29, I have back-to-back Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Tougher matchup here against the uh, Eagles. And at this point, I just can't really justify having these guys any higher until Dak Prescott does return. You know, until then, Zeke is just going to be a volume guy on the ground, very limited receiving workload, very limited touchdown upside. And then Tony Pollard can break a few big plays, but the volume just hasn't been there. The receiving work has been underwhelming. So that's where those guys are going to be sliding in. At 30, I have Brian Robinson. I think of the commander's three backs, I'd prefer probably Brian Robinson in this matchup, just because I think he may build on the uh, role he had in week five continue to get more early down opportunities. He did lead the team in opportunities in his first game back. So we'll see what he does against the Bears. 
At 31, I have Cam Akers. It would be nice if we could trust someone in this Rams uh, running back room because this is a strong matchup against the Panthers run defense. But I mean, last week we saw Akers get a ton of the carries, but then basically no receiving work. Henderson got all the receiving opportunities and on a bad offense, that's just not going to be cutting it for either player. So, you know, even though this is a mid-tier running back three area, in previous weeks with no buys, this is a spot where you probably still, you know, would be flexing these options. At this point, I really feel like the value has fallen off. I think Brian Robinson was probably the uh, starting point of the fall off where it's like Zeke, Pollard, Dylan. Those are all guys that I think are fringe starts. B-Rob, Akers, I do not want these guys in my lineup here in week six. At 32, I have J.D. McKissick. He's not going to be giving you anything on the ground, but has a pretty safe floor just in terms of uh, PPR scoring as a pass catcher. Then at 33, I have Tyler Algier. It looks like with Patterson out, he will be the number one option out of the uh, backfield for the Falcons. Now it is going to be a committee with Huntley and Williams, but it does look like Algier is going to be leading it. The problem is he has a really tough matchup here against the 49ers, so not a guy I'm super confident in here in week six. 34, I have Michael Carter. I already talked about Brees Hall, how he's basically phasing Carter out of this offense. However, he is still getting a few opportunities here and there. He has the potential to get into the end zone if Brees Hall you know, puts in all the work, gets them down to the goal line, and then gets subbed out for Michael Carter. So that is in the realm of possibility where he could kind of just find his way into a goal line touch to get into the end zone. 35, I have Rashad White. I believe it's the first time he's breaking into the top 36. I really didn't think this would happen without a Fournette injury, but the last two weeks, he continues to carve out a role. It seems like they're, you know, putting in a effort to not, you know, break down Fournette, which is obviously probably better for Lenny long-term this season and career-wise. But Rashad White's totally a guy who's going to be giving you a decent number of targets. Um, He is someone who can get into the end zone on a elite Bucks offense. So obviously I don't want to start him, but maybe if you're just totally handicapped at the running back position due to buys, um, then he could be a plug-in. And then to wrap it up, I have Daryl Henderson. Zero confidence here with Henderson. I don't even believe he logged a carry in week five. So I have no confidence starting him. It is just at this point, there are no better options here at the running back position. So that is my top 36 week six running backs. If you guys did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Helps me out a ton. If you have any questions, drop those down below. Also go check out my wide receiver rankings. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.